Welcome to Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church. Thank you for connecting with us. Our desire at MOF PHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that He will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. I'll be here, grandparents. And uh, before I get into my message today, and I really know God has laid something on my heart to share with all of us today that's going to apply to everybody's life, not just grandparents, but to everybody. I wanted to share some facts about grandparents that you may not know. Uh, I, I found some information that was very uh, encouraging to me and will be to you, I hope, as well. Uh, I saw a report that was done a couple of years ago by a major newspaper, and they, they asked 11,000 students to write into their newspaper about true love and who demonstrated true love in their life. And out of that 11,000 uh, number of those students, uh, they did not mention uh, their girlfriend or boyfriend. They rarely even mentioned their mom and dad. When they wrote in on their letters, they mentioned true love was definitely demonstrated by their grandparents. By their grandparents. I call that being spoiled. I don't call it true love. And I know why they would write in now. I understand now from researching some things about grandparents why they would write in and say grandparents demonstrate true love over parents and even boyfriends and girlfriends. Did you know that in a one-year period, grandparents spend $52 billion every year on their grandkids? Oh, I was surprised. Maybe you're not. $52 billion. It just, it, I'm telling you, that just blows my mind, really, though. It, it really blows my mind because when I was growing up and you went and asked for money, you heard, well, does money grow on trees? Do I look like a money tree? And evidently, the money tree blossoms have bloomed when the, grand, when the grandkids show up because they don't mind giving them some money. And then I found this interesting fact, and this is just so amazing to me. And grandparents... Grandparents, lift your hands real quick. Grandparents, lift your hands. Wow. Okay, here's what I want you to do. Lean in real close and hear the preacher real good this morning because this is for you. There has been a study, proven study, that if grandparents will babysit their kids and keep them overnight, that the grandparents actually live longer lives. And I'm just telling you, when my mama's here in the second service, because I love her and I want her to live a long life, I'm dropping mine off this weekend. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's proven. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, thank you again for being here. And I, I know God has a word for us today. And, and I know a lot of families are here. And, and I really sense the Lord wanting to speak to us about making sure that we build a, a godly home, a godly family. How many of y'all want a godly family, a godly home? And wasn't it awesome to see those kids up here singing like that and singing those song, that song and glorifying the Lord? And I tell you, we're blessed people. I want to read to you because Jesus, he wants us to have a godly home, and he gives us instructions on how to have a godly home. And it's the same verse these kids were singing to you today, and it's found in Matthew 7. Verses 24 through 27. And Jesus is here and he's speaking to a crowd and he's teaching them. He's teaching these people. And here's what Jesus says to them. 
He says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Say rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we trust in you right now, Lord, and thank you for your divine word, inspired and fallible word. And God, I just believe right now that your word would land on the hearts of your people today, God, and that you would just begin to sanctify, set us apart, transform us for your glory. We pray for your anointing over our time together now. And we're believing, God, for the supernatural to take place. Jesus, will you, through your Holy Spirit, help us today, God, to be challenged to build a godly home for our families. Holy Spirit, will you fill us today and give us a desire, Lord, to grow our families in the ways of God. Lord, we ask you for your guidance today. And we ask you to lead us in all things. And we pray it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. If you look around today, I think all of us could uh, agree that there is a war going on against the family. There is a war going on against the family. The family unit is under attack. Can I get an amen so we know we're on the same page? The family is under attack. Marriage is under attack. Marriage that we know as godly marriage between a man and a woman is under attack. Family and marriages are all being attacked today. And the devil, he is firing away, trying to chip away at the foundation of homes, trying to make them crash before our very eyes. And if we look around our own community and we look around in our nation today, I think we can all see homes and families that have crashed because instead of building on the rock, they build on sand. And they have crashed Look across our nation and you'll see homes that have crashed. Homes crashing today because of divorce. Homes crashing today because of alcohol and drug abuse. Homes crashing today because of ones just chasing after the material things of this world. And it's sad to see. It's sad to see, especially when it impacts your own home. And it's sad to see when it impacts your, the church. And it's sad to see when you see it going on in your community. It breaks my heart to see homes that have fallen and crashed because they've built on sand and they've not built on the rock. And that's why we need to be all in when it comes to our families. I said, that's why we need to be all in. We need to be committed to our families. We need to be committed. I I hope you all understand today, no matter if you're a grandparent, a parent, a a brother, a sister, no matter who you are, I hope you realize how vital your role is in building a home that's on a godly foundation. How many of y'all want to build a home on a godly foundation? You're building a home that's not only going to impact you now, but it's going to impact generations to come. I promise you. And we see in this text today, Jesus is encouraging us to build our home on a strong, godly foundation. And he said these words, Jesus said in the text I read to you today. He says, there's going to be storms to come to both houses. There's going to be storms that are going to come. Listen, just because 
you're living a godly life does not mean you're going to be exempt from the storms of life. If you read this story, the storms came to both houses. And we see today, man, we see it in the clouds as they get darker and darker in our culture. And as they approach our homes, the storms are getting worse and worse and worse. And they're constantly slamming against godly homes right now, trying to knock us off our godly foundation. You you look around what's going on in the world today, and you'll see those storms of our culture. The storm of compromise, and the, the storm of tolerance, and the storm of persecution. Wanting you just to give in on your values, and give in on what you believe in the name of tolerance. And they're slamming against homes, and homes are crashing because people are giving in. They're not all in with their family. Now, I don't know if you've seen it in the news this week or not, and I don't have no pleasure in telling you a lot of what's going on. But just for an example of of storms of the culture slamming against homes, did did you know that over the United States this week and and right in Alabama that they had uh, men dressed up in drag? Now, if you don't know what that is, that's men that put on makeup and dress like women, and they're allowed to go into public libraries, and they're using these books that are tainted with perversion, and they're trying to indoctrinate our children to let them know that that perversion and immorality is okay. Friend, that's going on across the nation today. God, help us. God, help us. Did did you know right in North Carolina, there was a young boy that was in trouble uh, in school for calling his teacher ma'am? Football coaches who are not allowed to even pray over those boys before they take the field. If there's ever been a time when we need to be all in and committed and raising our families on a godly foundation, it's today. It's today. I know I have a desire. That's really all I can think about now is just leaving something behind for my kids, man, and that they can stand on and be strong and committed in knowing that they have a home, a godly home on a godly foundation. And the only way, the only way you're going to be able to build that home on a godly foundation is to follow the blueprints that God himself gives us. And we find that in the scriptures. We find that in this passage today. And listen, the first thing you need to do, if you're going to build a home on a godly foundation, the very first thing you need to do is build it on Jesus Christ. Build it on Jesus Christ. Listen to what Jesus said. He said the wise man builds his house on the rock. That rock foundation, friend, is Jesus Christ himself. The Bible describes the Lord as being a rock. He's a rock. The Jesus is a rock, friend. He's that rock. Peter said he's that living stone. Paul said this, there's no other foundation that you can lay on except the foundation of Jesus Christ. The first step, listen to me, the first step in building a godly home is to make sure that you've repented of your sins and you've placed your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Let me ask you, have you done that this morning? Are you building a godly home? Have you repented of your sins and have you placed your trust in Jesus Christ? Have you trusted in the cross of Christ, the death and the burial and the resurrection? Do you understand today, friend, that Jesus came and died on the cross and shed his blood so your sins could be forgiven and you could have new life and so you could have a home in heaven? Listen to me. Please listen to me. Everybody under the sound of my voice, please listen to me. And I shared this last week. Everybody needs to repent and ask Jesus into their life. 
Everybody does. Everybody needs to place their faith in Jesus. Listen to me. Daddy, Daddy, you need to put your faith in Jesus Christ. Mama, you need Jesus. Grandma, you need Jesus. Grandpa, you need Jesus. Grandkids, you need Jesus. Everybody needs Jesus because without him, we're going to perish. And we need Jesus. And a godly foundation... A godly foundation starts with faith in Jesus Christ. Listen, I'm talking about faith in a living Jesus. I'm not talking about faith in some kind of dead religion and dead religious works. I'm talking about faith in a living Jesus who you can wake up to and talk to every morning and who's with you and who will never abandon you or leave you. It's about faith in Him. Because let me tell you something. Listen to me. Faith in Jesus Christ, when you make Him the rock of your life, your life will change. Your life will change and your home will change. I know he sure changed my life and he sure changed my home because in 2002, I was building a house, but I was building it on sand. And in 2002, my house came crashing down and I almost lost my marriage. But Jesus, hallelujah. But Jesus, he came in, and he saved me, and he changed me, and he changed my home. And my wife and I, we started building on a house that had fell and crashed. We started building one on a rock now, and praise the Lord, everything changed, and he brought us back together. (laughs) Hallelujah. As a matter of fact, this Tuesday, September the 11th, we're going to be celebrating, if we make it to Tuesday, hallelujah, we're going to be celebrating 19 years of marriage, hallelujah, praise the Lord. My goodness, she's a blessed woman. You tell her I said that. Everybody knows, that's why you're laughing. Here's the question this morning. Listen, I, I'm, I'm so thankful to everybody. I was so excited last night, so excited this morning that I was able to, I mean, man, God, you've given me an opportunity to come and share Jesus and how he's changed my life. And I get to talk to all these folks here today and tell them how Jesus can change your life. But, friend, it comes down to what Jesus said. It's a choice you make. You're either going to choose to be wise or you're either going to choose to be foolish. You're either going to build on the rock or either you're going to build on the sand. What are you building on this morning? What are you building on this morning? If you're going to have a godly home, you better build it on Jesus Christ. Listen to me, friend. I want my family. I want my son, Caden. I want my son, Lucas. I want those grandkids that will hopefully come one day. I want my wife and everybody around me. I want them to know that when you build your life on Jesus, that he says you will not fall. You will go through some storms. You're going to go through some battles. But if you got your life and your home built on the rock, he says you will not fall. Hallelujah. He will not fall. He will now, I want my kids to know that he will never abandon you. I want my kids to know that he will meet every need in your life. I want my kids to know that Jesus says that I will work all things out for the good, for my glory. Hey, I want my kids to know, friend, that there's no greater gift and nothing that the world can offer that's any greater than Jesus Christ himself. Hallelujah. That's what I want. I want my family to love Jesus. I want my family to trust Jesus. I want my family to know him in the midst of trials and storms. I want my family to know that Jesus hears and that he answers prayer. Can I get an amen? amen? I want them to know that Jesus is all they need. And the only way you're going to do that is to build your house on the rock. 
Because everything else, like this song says, is sinking sand. Build your house on the rock, Christ Jesus. I pray that you will do that today. That you'll make a decision to follow him and give him your heart so he can turn your life around. And then I want you to tell, I want to tell you this. If you're going to build a godly home, you need to build on the word of God. You need to build on the word of God. Now listen to me. There's some folks sitting beside you this morning. I'm going to ask you a question. Don't look at them. Don't point at them. Don't do anything. But how many of y'all know somebody who likes to work on a project, likes to start building something, and the first thing they do is take the directions and throw them away? <laughs> Don't look. Some of you are looking. Some of you are pointing. Now, I tell people all the time, I don't know, I just can't read that well on those directions. Just give me the picture and we'll go with it. And Lisa's like, why is there stuff left over? Hallelujah. (laughs) But let me tell you something, friend. If you're going to build a godly home, if you're going to build a godly home on a godly foundation, you can't throw them directions in the trash. You better hold on to the word of God because you need that. Jesus said this in verse 24. Listen. He said, whoever hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is a wise man. You need to, listen, Christians, Christians, listen, you need to read your Bible. You you need to read your Bible. I was so tempted this morning to say, Christians, raise your hand. Every hands go up all over the place. Christians, how many of you read your Bible? Read your Bibles. Thirst for the Word of God. Have a hunger for the Word of God. Pray the Word of God. Live out the Word of God in front of your family. We should be teaching our kids the Word of God. The greatest lesson that you can do for your kids is for you to read the Word of God and then live it out in front of them. You're not going to be perfect. I know I'm not perfect, but that's where mercy and grace come in. And you can say, you know what? I'm your daddy. I'm your husband. No, I'm not perfect, but I'm living it out in front of you the best I know how. I'm living out the word. And James said this. He says, be doers of the word and not hearers only. Oh, we're good at hearing the word of God. We're good at hearing the word of God. We'll come and hear the word of God and then we'll go home. We'll even hang the word of God in the house. But my question is, are you living it out in front of your kids? Are you living it out in front of your family? And maybe you hadn't in the past, but I got news for you, friend. You can always start today. Jesus said, put into practice these words of mine. You'll be a wise man. We have to be a godly example. If you're going to build a godly home, you need to be a godly example. Let me ask you this morning. Are are you gossiping and tearing people down? Because if you're gossiping and tearing people down, guess what? Your kids are probably going to gossip and tear people down. Because they're following your example. They're following your example. Are you, are you cussing with every other breath out of your mouth? Then your kids are probably going to cuss like that. Are you drinking and going to the restaurant and partying and having a good time? Well, don't get upset when Junior comes home with a DUI. Because he's seen you drink, he's going to drink. Is church not a priority for you except on Easter and Christmas? Guess what? It's probably going to be a priority for your kids on Easter and Christmas. And that's about it. What you say, what you say, and how you live your life, friend, is going to impact your family forever. And I'm not trying to be hard, but I want you to realize that your words and your actions, they will make a difference in your life and your family for eternity. So God help us to follow his directions. So get your Bible out and read your Bible.
Read your Bible to your kids. Tell them about the life of Jesus. You know, the Word of God says in the psalmist, in Psalm 119, I have hidden the Word in my heart that I might not sin against you. You want your kids to stay away from sin? Let them read the Word of God. Read it to them. The Bible says the Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Listen, build your home on God's Word. Build it on God's Word so you can have a godly foundation. And then you need to build it on prayer. How many of y'all remember in the Bible there's a man by the name of Nehemiah? God had given Nehemiah an assignment to go build these walls, rebuild the walls in Jerusalem. And while he's trying to build something, he faces opposition. And friend, as you try to build a godly home, you're going to face opposition. But we need to do what Nehemiah did. Nehemiah said there's opposition coming against us as we try to build these walls for our families. But you know what? We're going to pray. That's what we're going to do. We're going to pray. And they began to pray. And as they prayed, a courage came into Nehemiah. And he went on to say this. He said, don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great. And remember the Lord who is awesome. And then he goes on and looks at everybody in that family out there. And he says, you know what? Fight for your brothers. Fight for your sons. Fight for your daughters. Fight for your wives. Fight for your homes. And you do it through prayer. Hallelujah. And there's no doubt that we have a real enemy out there. His name's the devil, and he wants to devour you. He wants to destroy your home. He wants to destroy your marriage. But I'm here to tell you today, through the power of prayer, it's time to fight for your family. It's time for you to get on your knees and fight for your family. Fight for your marriage. Fight for that Fight for that son who's running away from God. Fight so much in prayer that you can bring that daughter out of that crack house. Just keep fighting. Fight for your husband. Fight for your wife. Fight for your house. Don't give up, friend. Keep fighting in prayer so God can turn it all around for his glory. Hallelujah. God, help us to fight in prayer. I know I've used this family, but, I mean, they're so special to me. <laughs> and I've seen God just do a mighty work. But you're talking about somebody who has fought in prayer. And I know she's not in here, Rolando, but your wife, I always think about her. She fought for that man for over 16 years, praying for him to come to Christ, praying for him to come to Christ, praying for him to come out of that alcohol, praying for him to come out of that drug lifestyle, praying for him. And I remember him telling a story where he came home. He had been gone all weekend long and finally came in on a Sunday, just blitzed in the evening and walked into the bedroom. And there his wife was and she's down there and she's actually praying for him when he walks in the bedroom and she's calling out his name to the Lord. And he looks at her and says, woman, why don't you get up? The Lord's not hearing your prayers. The Lord's not hearing you. And she kept fighting. And it won't long, several years, I guess, a couple years later, Rolando was involved in a, a major accident where he fell out of a ceiling and hit a concrete floor. And he should have died. And they transported him to the Way Memorial, and right there in that hospital, he gave his heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, and now he is serving the Lord every day. You, you know why? Because a, because a wife said, I'm going to fight for my family. I'm going to fight for my husband. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep believing God. And 16 years later, he's saved and serving God. Hallelujah. we got to fight for our family. Listen, it's your house. Who's going to fight for you? 
I'm fighting for my house. Are you fighting for your house? I'm fighting for my children. I'm fighting for my wife. I'm fighting. I'm fighting for my brothers to come to Christ. I'm fighting for them. God, help us. I know with my boys, I want them to know that, I, that we believe in prayer. I want to pray over them and pray a blessing over them. I'm fighting for my family. I'm covering them in prayer every day. God, help us. Nehemiah said, listen, we prayed. Now it's time to fight. And now I'm going to post guards out there on the wall. And I'm going to post them to be out there day and night. It's time for us to be watchmen and to be prayerful over our families. It's not time for us to sit back and just let the world's storms come in and knock our families off its foundation. It's time to be a watchman. You, you, You need to know what's coming in your house and what's going out of your house. Whether you got small kids, teenage kids, or whether they're grown, I don't care. What are they watching? What are they listening to? Who are they hanging around with? Yeah, they get mad. Yeah, they get upset. But I always tell them, you can get mad all you want, and you can have some freedom and liberty once you start paying rent. Hallelujah. But for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Hallelujah. We're going to serve the Lord. I thought about it, how terrible it would be. How terrible it would be to, as, as a pastor, you know, first and foremost, I'm a husband and a father. What would it be? You know, you go out and win the loss to Jesus Christ and then you allow your kids to go straight to hell? You better focus on them boys. You better focus on your wife. You better focus on your family. You better be a watchman over them. You better be praying for them. You better be loving on them. It takes time to build a godly house. You know, I was reading this week, and I read that it took Solomon 13 years, not to build a temple, but to build his house. It takes time. It's going to cost you something. It took him 13 years. And listen, time is precious, friend. Time is precious today. And because time is precious, you might need to get off that Facebook and get off the computer and get off the TV and get involved in the life of your family and let them know that you're there and we're building a godly foundation. I'm not saying that stuff's wrong. I'm just saying, man, it just consumes. I think we're going to stand before the Lord one day and he's going to show us the time and the hours that we wasted away. We won't never have grandparents day again. (laughs) They won't ever come back. So help us to pray. Help us to pray over our families. You do believe in the power of prayer, right? Pray over your families. Pray over them. Pray over them. Even if it takes 16 years, don't give up. Keep praying. And then the last thing I'm going to tell you, friend, is we need to build on, we need to build our godly home on love. We need to build our homes on love. Paul said this, let all that you do be done in love. Our homes should be homes filled with the love of God. Mercy in the house, grace in the house, love of God in the house. A godly home will be a home that loves Jesus Christ. Jesus said this, he says, love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Your home should be filled with the love of God. A family 
A godly home will be a home that has a family that loves each other. I didn't say you were always going to agree with one another, but you should be a family that loves one another despite your failures, despite what goes on in your life, despite how many times you've let somebody down. It should still be a home of love. I asked Lisa the other day. I said, Lisa, will you still love me when I'm old and ugly and unattractive? And she said, of course I do. But I still love her. And the Bible says, husband, love your wives. Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. And that kind of love is a a selfless love, a, a sacrificial love, a given love. You need to understand this morning that it's not always about you, husband. It's not always about you, wife. It's a selfless, sacrificial love that is always in the home Henry Beecher said these words, the most important thing a father can do for his children is to love their mother. Godly husbands will love their wives. Godly husbands will be faithful to their wives. Godly wives will be faithful to their husbands. They won't be no cheating. They won't be no flirting. They won't be no fooling around. They will be faithful to one another. And your number one priority, dads, is to love your wife and kids. You know what? It wouldn't hurt for some of you men to learn how to say, I'm sorry. Some of you women, too. Y'all, y'all, I ain't getting many amens out there now. I read this one time, and it's always stuck with me. You need to learn to, man, listen to me, man. I'm going to try to help you here. Learn to apologize when you're in the wrong. And learn to apologize even when you're right now that you're married because you're always going to be wrong. (laughs) Just go ahead and admit it and get it over with. Learn how to apologize. Listen, it's okay. Listen, that's, that's what I'm saying. If you don't get anything else out of this message, as a dad, as a, as a, uh, as a uh, husband, I'm admitting to you today, friend, I am weak. I am very weak. You can ask my family. And that's why I need Jesus. That's why I need his mercy in my life. That's why I need his grace in my life. That's why I need the Holy Spirit to fill me so the fruit of the Spirit can flow into my home because Jeff can mess it up. That's why we need Jesus. Because he's the one that gives us the strength to love unconditionally. He's the one that gives us that desire to want to pray the word of God over our family. He's the one that gives us the desire to bless our children. I want to just tell you, friend, love your children. Don't be afraid to tell your kids you love them. I heard somebody stand up this week at a funeral, and they said they would be riding down the road with their mother, who had passed away now, and it was Miss Connie. And the daughter said that they would be riding down the road at times, and all of a sudden she'd cut the radio off, and she said, you know what? And her daughter would say, what? She said, I love you. You know, it's okay to verbalize that to the people in your life. Don't be afraid to tell them you love them. Don't be afraid to hug them. Don't be afraid to kiss them. Don't be afraid to discipline them. Do it in love. And even when they worry the mess out of you, and even when they've done everything to really just walk all over your toes and your heart, friend, despite it all, still love your children. 
I don't know what good it's going to do for you to come in the house and start slinging plates and throwing glasses and yelling and busting holes in the wall, friend, because you're never going to change anybody like that. If you'll walk in that house and speak in love and discipline in love and just show them the love of God, you will see your house transformed. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Don't be afraid to spank them in love either. I forgot that one. Even when they mess up. Listen, even when they mess up, I don't care if they're grown and gone from the house. You let them know how much you love them. Build your home on love. Can you imagine what our homes would look like? Well, is Miss Robin in here? She does a lot of marital counseling for us. And we, we, we wouldn't even have to have anybody to do any counseling around here because everybody's homes are built on Jesus Christ and everybody's in their house reading the Word of God and everybody's in their house praying and uh, everybody's uh, doing everything in love. Man, can you imagine what our homes would look like if we would do that? Can you imagine what our community would look like, what our nation would look like? God, help us today. Help me. Help me to fight for my house. I pray God to help you to fight for your house, to build it on Jesus Christ and to read the Word of God and stand on the Word of God. And despite whatever storms are out there that are coming our way, whatever the culture is trying to do, the storm of intolerance and compromise, don't let it knock you off that foundation because you're standing on the rock, Jesus. Don't let, him, don't let the devil try to push you off that rock. Let me ask you this morning. Are you building on rock? Or are you building on sand?